Our God in heaven, we do um, just thank you that you are a loving and gracious God. Lord, we thank you that you don't treat us as we deserve, but um, you find favor in us because of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that in all things in life, we will always know our dependence on you. Um, Lord, I pray that you guide our discussions today and be honored in all that's said. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm not really going to talk about a single um, topic of parenting, but just kind of more of a the, the big view. Um, you know, parenting, I think, is, is really just another aspect of the Christian life. It's just part, it's the same principles we live by in every other part of the Christian, Christian life. Um, and it applies to both those who have kids and those who don't. Um, and it really begins with understanding the world we live in. Um, this world is broken. We are all born in sin. You know, ever since Adam fell, we live in a world that is damaged in every way by sin. Everybody is damaged. None of us are are who God created us to be completely. We are made in God's image, but we're broken. You know, I would I would love to see. The Garden of Eden. I would love to see what life was like um, with true joy. Um, the kill, children's catechism question uh, a- answers the question, how did God create man? And it just says, God created man happy and holy. That's, that's the original state of man, happy and holy, fully content in all things, not, not broken and destroyed, but happy and holy. And yet, sin entered the world, and since then, everybody is damaged by it. We are born self-centered. We are born loving ourselves, caring about ourselves. We have a natural desire to compare ourselves with one another. We have a natural desire to to want people to admire us, to think highly of us. Um, And when God, by his grace, opens our eyes to our sin... We begin this struggle of the Christian life of striving to live a holy life in a broken world, striving to love God and love others more than we love ourselves, and yet we see this constant battle in ourselves of indwelling sin in a desire to to have things our way, um, to want comfort, to want um, self gratification, to want. You know, to want what we want. Um, and yet, we have great joy knowing that our God does not see us as children of wrath, but that we are right before God because of the work of Jesus Christ. We see our hopelessness, we see our inability to live and do what God says every day, and yet, we rejoice it. That God loves us. Um, in our struggle, we 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 realize we're helpless. We cannot. We cannot do good. We cannot deny ourselves. We cannot treat others with respect and and kindly the way God calls us to. And so we we fall on our knees and pray. You know, we pray and and we can find peace in a broken world. Because we know the God who created us. Because our God is so good. And the more we realize his goodness, the more we long to be good. 
the more we long for what is right. Um, and yet, you know, and, and, and that is where God wants us to be more than anything, to be dependent on him, to know that we need him for every step of life, for everything good in us. And then into that world, God at times chooses to give us kids. And it's, there's no minimum level of sanctification before God gives you a child, if he chooses to. You know, it, it usually comes early in life when we're, um, you know, young in our faith, young in our, our sanctification. I remember leaving the hospital with Hannah. Uh, it was a, uh, it, it was weird, you know. When Jamie and I left, we had we had a baby. There's no owner's manual. There's no uh, there's no classes beforehand. You must know all this before you get. You know, are you qualified? There's nobody checking in to see. Do you know what you're doing? You know, you're just given a baby. And it's like, all right, you know, it's your child. Figure it out. And uh, and those first, you know, that that those first, you know, at least six months of having a baby. It's just give. You know, there's no, there's no take. There's, the, the child does not give back in any way. Um, you don't get to sleep. You don't get to, you know, you don't, you don't get to live for yourself. Um, it is, you're not teaching your baby anything. Your baby's teaching you. God's using the baby to teach you. Um, I remember when Hannah was, Oh, about three months old, the first time Jamie left her with me. Uh, and I could not figure out how to get her to stop screaming. She was, she was a screamer and uh, didn't have many techniques, but she was screaming and screaming. And I, I was so frustrated. I remember literally putting her on the couch, you know, a nice safe place. I had to walk out of the room because I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. You know, I couldn't, uh, you know. I was young and, and, and I almost feel feel a rage. And I remember thinking that I can't believe more people don't harm their kids when they're little. Because I was at that spot, you know. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to hurt. But it, but it really, you know, I thought of myself as a young Christian man who had things under control. Um, and yet I was just so on you know, my wits end, you know, so quickly. Um, and all you can do is pray. You know, you just come to God and just. Know that that we are helpless apart from God. That we don't have within us what it takes to live the Christian life. You know, and parenting is just another aspect of that. Um, it is a very demanding aspect of that. And and when it comes to raising kids, I think that's what they need to know more than anything: is that we can't do it on our own. That that we were born sinful and we cannot, apart from God, apart from the grace of God, do anything well. We cannot live righteous. Um, and so in the first six months of you know, having children, there's, you cannot spoil them. It's just they have needs and you give, them, give those needs to them. There's nothing, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a, a child acting willfully sinful saying, give me, give me, give me. It's a child who's hungry or tired or just, you know, and you just give to them. But after six, seven, eight, nine months, we begin to see the, 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 
self-centeredness of the children. Um, you know, and, and we recognize that, that that's who we are. Um, you know, eventually the child knows what you want. They know what's right. Um, and, and they know what they want. And they want what they want more than they want anything else. And that's, uh, to me, one of the most foundational lessons a kid needs to know is that the world does not revolve around them. I think from the very beginning, we need to know that there is authority in this world, there is right and wrong in this world, and we need to submit to that authority. They need to submit to our authority just like we need to submit to the authority of God. Um, And how do you communicate that to a child who is very young? It's it's difficult, but it is... um, uh, you know, they need to know. I think in the first couple years of life, a child needs to know the word "no" more than any time. We live in a culture that more and more says, "Don't say no to your kids." That you know, and really, the foundation is: Who are we when we're born? Are we born? good? Are we born unique and, and we need to express our own selves and have our own identity and have you know, bring out what we, what we have inside of us and nobody else should, should squander that? Or are we born sinful and we need to learn to submit to authority? Um, so I, I believe one of the greatest tools that God's given us when kids are little is, is, to, is spanking. And I know that's a very controversial topic. I read something this week that says um, people who spank their kids have, the number of people who spank their kids has decreased so much in the last 25 years that it's almost non-existent. You know, experts all would say that spanking is harmful to a kid. It makes them more aggressive. Um, experts also say saying no to a kid is is not the way to go either. Um, but above all, the first thing the kids need to know is that they are loved. Apart from that, everything falls apart. You know, and, that, and that's why God gives us that first six months. That, you know, where every single thing that you do is just to take care of your child. But as they get older, they need to know you love them, you care for them, more than anything, that what you want for them is what's best for them. Now, if a kid doesn't think you're on their side, um, then, then there's going to be that kind of separation that's very harmful. Um, but if they know that you love them and want what's best for them, that has to be the foundation. And what's best for our kids is the same thing that's best for us, and that's to learn to deny ourselves, to learn to say no to ourselves. Um, so... I kind of tell you what spanking looked like in our house anyway. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a little tougher when they're, you know, nine months to 18 months where you can't reason with them, you can't talk to them, it can't be about, you know, you can't verbally communicate very well. Um, but there has to be the idea of, of when I say no, you have to listen. That's just part of life. You have to listen to the word no. Um, 
But for, in, in our family, a kid should not be spanked unless they know it's coming. There's certain rules. If you do this, you're going to get spanked. If I say no, if you hit another one of your siblings, there's certain things. If you do this, you're going to get spanked. And so in our life, a spanking would look like we'd go in the family room. You know, I typically try to do it myself. Um, I would sit down and, and talk to them. If, you know, sometimes they're not in the mood to talk right away. And, but what I love about spanking is that the entire time from a kid being disobedient to obedient is minutes. It just happens right away. You sit there, you spank them, you talk to them, you hug them, you pray for them, and their attitude changes so much so fast. Um, if you're going to spank your kids, it can never be done out of anger or rage. It can never be, you know, it, it, it is a very comforting thing to a kid when it's done right. I think it's... Um, There's times where you can tell a kid just needs that. They almost want it. They would never say that, but um, there's times where kids just having a bad day. They're just ordinary. They're fighting. They're whining. They're just you know. And you tell them stop, stop, stop. And this can go on all day. And then you finally just say, if you don't stop, I'm going to give you a spanking. And they still, it's like they're they're torn inside at that moment of. This is what I want. This is, you know, just the inability to overcome sin. And you take them in there and spank them and pray with them and hold them. And their attitude changes so much, it, you know, usually within a couple minutes, um, their attitudes are so different. Um, and I know, you know, the Bible talks about a lot about you know, the rod, speaking of a shepherd's rod, you know, in Psalm 23, it says, your rod and your staff will comfort me. Um, there are other ways to to change um, a kid's behavior and attitude. Um, in, in my experience, there's none as effective um, or, or beautiful as spanking when it's done right. It is, it is, a, it is a great comfort, I think, to kids. Um, um, but, but above that, uh, there, there just has to be rules. Um, there, uh, what, what a child needs is to know where the line is. You know, whether it, if you cross that line, and they need to know what's going to happen if you cross that line. So if that's spanking, then that, that's great. If it's something else, they, they need to know here are the rules. You have to have absolute rules. If you cross this line, you will get a spanking. Um, but you can't have those those rules so boxed in that a kid's like, I will tell you what to do when you do it, and you only do what I say. You pick up the blue crayon and you draw the circle. That's all you can do right now. You know, a kid has to have freedom. There has to be there has to be boundaries, but you don't want too many rules. You don't want you know there has to be rules of lines that are drawn that you cannot cross. But you want to give your kid as much latitude as you can. You know, let kids play. Let them be themselves. Um, but you know, you know, absolute rules in our house where you do not hit each other. You do not ever lie to us. You know, you know that's you know that's there. There has to be consequences to these types of things. And there's times where they're just playing, and you say, "Why well, don't don't play so rough?" or "Don't." Don't jump off the table on the kid's head or something. You know, it's 
And if they keep doing it, you tell them again. And then eventually it's like, all right, stop now. And, you know, there has to be that moment where it's like, all right, here's right now, you don't do it again. And, you know, and there has to be consequences when they, they cross those lines. Um, but it's very important for a kid not to feel oppressed. It's, you know, for all of us, that's, you know, and, and that, it, one of the things that frustrates me about the world we live in is it's, there, there's this agenda to make everybody feel oppressed, like you're a victim. Um, but we, you know, but kids need to know they're loved, they're cared for, they have freedom to live life. You know, a family should be a happy place. Kids, they should enjoy each other. Um, one thing I think is very important in a home is, is communication. Uh, and that has to start at such a young age. Um, and back to the rules. There, there, there's these hard, fast rules that you cannot cross these lines, but there's also just this is what's expected in our family. In our family, we're going to be kind to each other. In our family, we're going to honor God in the way we treat each other. Um, um, and so the attitude between siblings or between you know, children and their parents has to be one of joy. And again, we come back to, we live in this broken world and there's so much going on and then we got kids and we're frustrated and our kids recognize when we're frustrated. And so we, we know how helpless we are again and all we can do is pray. You know, we just, you know, that is, you could never go there too much. You know, we can't, in the bowits of, you know, in some ways, I wish we could still get spanked as adults. You know, it's like if you have a bad attitude or you're really bad. If there was just that correction, boom, one minute later, all, all the consequences are done. That'd be great. Um, but that's not the world we live in. You know, what, we live in a world where we want, you know, we, we have all these desires and thoughts. And it, it conflict with scripture often. They conflict with what's going on around us. Um, and we need to learn to deny ourselves. And that's what we need to teach as parents, to deny yourself. Pretty much all sin is self-love. And we see it in our kids. We see it as they're growing up. They love themselves more than others. So we need to foster in our homes an, an attitude that it's not about you. It's about you loving your siblings. It's about you loving your parents. It's about you loving your neighbors. It's, you know, that we have a household where we do not focus on ourselves, um, and communication in a home is, is so important. It, you know, I, I think if you want your kids to talk to you with their teenagers, you got to listen to them when they're young. And quite often, those stories are just long and drawn out. At about, you know, you know, let them tell you about their dream in the morning that takes eight minutes. <laughs> when your mind's on a million other things, if I got to get here, I got to get there, you know. Um, but, but if that's always the, 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 the culture of the home, that in our home, everybody shares everything with each other. We talk about what's on our mind. Everyone communicates with one another. Um, that's healthy. You know, and, and, and there has to be some, some focus to make that what it's like in your home. Um, and a lot of that starts with not being super busy. Um, you can't, you know, you can't be doing a million things and still have time for your kids. Um, you know, when most of my kids were younger, I worked just a regular job. 
you know, eventually I started running my own business and found you know I, when running when, while working a regular job, I could come home and have a three year old conversation very easily I, I happen to have the kind of work where at the end of the day the job's done there's nothing lingering there's nothing to think about it's just done um, and I could just be free. I could come and just sit on the floor it'd be free. You know, then I started running my own business, and, and you know, my mind's more filled up with things. Um, it's been harder to to have the time to to listen to every story, to know what's going on in every kid's life. Um, but that's that's important in family to have that communication, to have that mindset that our family is going to be a family that talks to each other, that knows what's going on, that truly cares for each other. Um, you know, it, our world is very contrary to the idea of siblings getting along. It's, you know, friends are more important. Um, and friends are great and community is great, but it starts at home. You need to have that community at home. Um, you know, but yet kid, I think you need to raise your kids in a home that also sees that you care about others. You can't tell them to care about others if you don't. You know, so your neighbors and the people at church. It's great when you can serve together as a family. Um... But I think it's very important to have that kind of communication inside the house. Um, and it, you know, I think for for husbands especially, it's hard to, to to do less, to to set priorities. That what's really important is to be there for the kids. If that means the house doesn't get remodeled, if that means you have less or the yard's not as kept up or you know it's there has to be that conscious effort to say what's important you know and and what's important in life is not getting ahead it's not you know what's important in life is denying ourselves and teaching our kids to deny themselves and love the god who created us um you know, and so it's it's great to do things as a family. It's you know it you know again I, in my I'm in a spot in life where I, life seems so busy for me. Um, you know, and the kids aren't as young, um, but I wish I you know I, I wish I had more time to be at home you know, than than I do a lot of times. Um, You know, in, in community starts in the home, but then it, it, it goes out to, it's just a, a way of life. It's, you know, if you're loving others and caring about the things of others, it's going to come across in the way you treat your coworkers and bringing them into your home and going to other people's homes. You're, you know, the people at church especially, you know, this is, we are a community that God's given us. Um, and we should have those relationships with one another. Um, So um, I would like to have some time for discussion. Um, I tend to just talk. Uh, um, But what are some other things that that you guys think are very important in a family culture? You know, Matthew Anderson did such a great job with family worship. You know, um, and, and, and another one is going to church. It's so important every week to bring your kids to church. There's so many excuses, especially when they're younger, you know, especially when they're very little. And going to church 
is sitting in the pew next to them and talking to them the whole time and trying to get them to be quiet and walking away feel like you have no idea what the sermon was about. So, you know, week after week, but after but, you know, it, it's, you know, we've been there. Um, you know, and it, it, you know, it comes again to denying yourself. The, the idea that we need to teach our kids. You may want to get up, but you can't right now. Um, and there's so many things we can do to make it easier on the kids. Uh, like sitting through worship. You know, what Jamie and I did is we always kind of broke it down. Like, um, when you come in, you don't get to, to draw, you don't get any treats or anything until after the first hymn, you know. And then when we sit down, then you can have, you know, you can have a snack or you can do something until the end of the prayer of the church, you know. And then I mean, they're just like, at this point, you can have this, you know. So then it's breaking. It's not sit for an hour and 15 minutes. It's sit for a few minutes until this, you know, that you know when the sermon starts, then you can pick up a pencil um, or you can, you know, you know, but even even then it's, we didn't let them draw much. Uh, so, anyways, what, yeah, Elaine. Yeah, and it's fun to have them describe the picture afterwards. Yeah. You can see, you know, exactly. and you can pick up that they, right, it's, it's amazing how kids' minds work. You can, oh, it's fun to have them to talk about it. Thank you for that. It's, um, yeah, I mean, if, if the kids are in the habit of sitting still every night because we're going to open God's Word, they can learn to sit in church. It is, it is hard. I mean, it's not, it's not like there isn't great struggle, you know, and my kids all move. 
well, not all of them, but half of them, just are, they don't ever sit still. Yeah. It takes oh. training. It does. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but that's, you know, family worship sets priorities in life. Like, this is what's important. We're going to separate time to sit together and open God's word. Um, you know, and, and it is a great time to, to teach them we're going to sit still. We're not going to do other things while we're doing it. Oh. Yeah, Dave. I think it helps to explain to your children uh, and articulate as, the best way that you can the purpose for why we're here. Um, we're, not, we're not going to this activity just to go do something. We're here to serve the living God. And if you can convey that in a meaningful way to your children, I think it becomes a lot easier than to say, well, we're not wiggling in church, we're not talking in church, we're not doing these things in church because we're here to worship the living God. And, and that's, I think, it, it, it just helps to kind of get the path set up for how you want to instruct and worship. Yeah. And, and with anything, when you have rules... There has to be what happens if you break the rules. You know, um, one thing we did a lot in, when the kids were younger and they hated it was if you move around a lot, you don't get to get up for like five minutes you know, or three minutes afterwards. And it's just, you know, it's a simple thing that, that it's right there. Um, when church is over and they have to sit in their pew, it's, it's hard. Uh, Yeah, Matthew. I was just going to say that I was really convicted by what you said about needing to slow down and not be so busy so that we can spend time listening to our children. You know, that's something that I need to be better at, being willing to listen to their stories, even if I don't see them going or what. You know, sometimes I think, okay, great, I got it. You know, you can stop talking now. Um, and it's really, like you said, it sets a tone of me not caring what they have to say or me not wanting to listen to them, thinking that they're, they're not worth my time. Yeah, and it's like everything. We look at life and say, oh, this is what I should be doing. This is the right thing to do. And then we fail. And we get frustrated because we fail. And, uh, and then we think, is my failure going to affect my kids? Right? Because I haven't done this well. Are the kids going to suffer throughout life? You know, if, you know, and, and I think that the older the kids get, the more we realize that. You know, and again, all we can do is know that we are helpless. We pray. We just come before God and just pray for the kids daily. You know, that one of the great things we pray is that, uh, excuse me, um, that our sin doesn't affect them. You know, it's... I rejoice greatly that I don't see rage in my kids. It, uh, that's something, you know, I grew up in a house in an area where where crazy rage was not uncommon, you know. Screaming things like, I'm going to kill you. I mean, just violence. It was just not, it was just kind of the norm. Uh, and I've struggled with that my whole life, you know. And, 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 and I don't see that in my kids. And I'm so grateful to God, you know. And it's not the idea of saying, if we do this, our kids will do that. That doesn't happen, you know. I mean, you can set boundaries, you can set rules, you can, you know. I, but... 
but it's really only the grace of God. We can teach we can teach our kids to be obedient in some ways. We can never change our hearts. Um, we can teach them about who God is. We can't make it make sense to them. You know, there's, we could tell them that uh, we live in a world of sin and that we are to deny ourselves. And the whole world can tell them, no, what you need to do is, is give to yourself. You need to, you know, find your true identity. You need to bring out what's in you. That's, that's what's important. And all we can do is hope by the grace of God that the gospel makes sense to them. Oh. You know, so that, you know, there's nothing more we can. You know, we don't want to teach our kids that we've got it, that we're good. You know, do what I do, and, and everything will fall into place. We want to teach our kids that we fail. We hope our kids recognize. And when they get older, when they're kid, when they're young, they seem to think you're cool. Uh, but I think when they get older, they they recognize our failures more and more. You know, and I hope. That's that's what we want for our kids, for them to see our failures, for them to see that we struggle with sin, um, but that we rejoice, that we stand righteous before the God who created us because of Jesus Christ. That in any spot in life, we can find peace with God because of who Jesus Christ is. That we can come to him with all our struggles and our trials and know that God cares. That we are not good, but our God is good. You know, that... That there is a world coming that will not be marked with sin. You know, it's not going to be this side of death unless the Lord comes sooner. But we, there will be a time where righteousness will reign. Um, the more we long and thirst for who our God is, the less we're going to care about ourselves. Um, you know, but again, all sin really is self-love. You know, we want to teach our kids don't. Don't love yourself. Don't think about yourself. Don't, don't put yourself first. Look at the person next to you. Um, care about them. Yeah, Charlie. Absolutely, you know, and, and we look at scripture, we look at the Mosaic Covenant, you know. Do this and live, you know. And it and it's there to say I can't do it. You know. It's yeah, and right. are not quiet about these sorts of things. A kind word turns away wrath. Right. Don't provoke your children. Love right. your neighbor. Our children are just little neighbors. Yeah. That, yeah. 
And that goes back to you know, the most important thing is for your kids to know that you love them and want what's best for them. You know, if they're convinced that you truly want what's best for them, even though they think what they want is best, you know, they, you know, your kid at 14 months old, you may tell them you're going to eat your food, and they want to throw their food. <laughs> you know, it's, or at every stage of life, this is what I think. But it, all right, they need to know you love them. And you know, one thing I've learned in life is the more you pray for somebody, the more your heart changes toward that person. You want to love your kids more, pray for more, for them more. Oh, you know, that's, you know, all right, for God to change our kids' hearts, they need to see our own hearts toward God. Oh, I mean, they don't need to. God God is, is very great. <laughs> God will change the hearts of, of anyone he chooses. Oh, but that, you know, that's, that, that's our great desire is that God changes our hearts, you know. And so the external rules are there more than anything to show them their sin. You know, and it, but there is great advantage to learning to be obedient from a young age, to learning to submit. You know, I mean, childhood sins and chi- the worldview that we have as a child follows us through life. You know, it's, um, it's, it's, it, you know, there are definitely people that have less issues than others. You have been less damaged by sin than others. Oh. And that's, you know, we hope our kids are those that, that aren't. As messed up as is some. Any other thoughts? You know, especially with what's important. Yeah, Michelle. Honestly, respect me in your heart. You're still going to respect my rules. <laughs> you know, it's, you're still going to say you're sorry, or you're still going to refrain from hitting your brother or sister, even if you hate them in your heart. Right. You know, and it, right. it, and I was just saying, you know, with our kids, oftentimes it was like well, you can tell that they weren't. There was not repentance there. They didn't feel sorry for what they did. They, you know, hurt. There's, you know, you or there's, you know, by not obeying.
Yeah. Yeah. And your little comment That's because, right? Be, yeah. So. And I'll say one more thing. One of the greatest joys of parenting is seeing your kids overcome hardship. I mean, it's whether it's, you know, from the youngest age, um, you know, when, when they want something and they don't get it, and, and you see them overcome that. But, you know, with me in every aspect of parenting, it's challenging your kids and everything, that, you know, causing them to push themselves a little more, to not, to not give in to, to laziness or to, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, um, there's anything that's most important, love your kids. Let them know you love them. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them all the time. Um, and, and do them the great privilege of setting boundaries and knowing knowing where they are free. You know, sin is slavery. And, and let them be free inside safe boundaries and know that you cross this line, there's going to be consequences every single time. If, if a kid knows if I take... If I'm told not to take more cookies or whatever, and they do it and know, or if they know if I do this, I might get spanked, that doesn't help them. You know, it, it's got to be if I do this, I'm going to get spanked. That helps them. You know? And so every time you make a rule, it's like a contract. If your child does this, you have to do this. You know? And your child should always know you don't want to spank them. <laughs> it's like they should see that. You know, I'm so sad that you failed. I'm so sad that, you know, that we got to go down this road again, but let's go into the family room. Or, you know, it's, we got to go do this. Um, and, and, yeah. And we failed to keep our side of the bargain, and we got to let them know that and, and come to God in prayer and say, help me. So let's pray together. Almighty God, we know that you and you alone can change the hearts and minds of our kids and of us. Lord, every single one in this room um, wants to please you more than we do. We want to be free from the sin of selfishness and self-centered thoughts. And Lord, I do pray that, that you will strengthen us, encourage us. Lord, I pray for the parents in this room that they will be good parents to their kids. Lord, I pray more than anything that we will all know our dependence on you in every aspect of life. And I pray you'll be glorified in the rest of, of everything that goes on today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.